Thanks for listening and welcome to Mississippi College Stories, the podcast where we share the amazing stories of Mississippi College alumni across the world. I'm your host, Dr. Jim Turcott, Vice President and Executive Director of the Alumni Association here at Mississippi College. Our purpose for creating the MC Stories podcast is to create a forum to learn about the personal stories and journeys from MC alumni, a look back during their school days and post-graduation where this experience led them. Today, we are happy to have David and Susanna Ash. David is a 2003 BSBA Business Management and a 2006 JD degree graduate of Mississippi College. David, you were named as one of the Super Lawyers Rising Stars for the Mid-South for 2013, 2014, and 2020. And most importantly, married to Susanna Knight Ash, who studied exercise sciences at Tennessee Wesleyan University. But somehow you decided it would be best for you to pick up your entire family, which, by the way, is a family of seven, five children, and load them into an RV because you love to wander. So let me start with the main question. Why? Why do you wander? Well, first, let me say thanks for having us on here. We've been really excited about this opportunity to get to share our journey, our story, especially with some a place that I'm really fond of, and that's Mississippi College. But to answer the question why, it's kind of unfolded before us. This was a, a journey, I would say, for ourselves over the past four and a half years to get to this point. But we have stated, we have formulated a family mission statement. And I think that's the best summary of why we do what we do. And that mission statement is to live life on adventure as a family, to serve the people we encounter, and inspire others to do the same. It's been such a fun time for us as a family. We love being together as a family. We love that time. And we have thoroughly enjoyed getting to see this country from a completely different perspective and also from the eyes of our children. Uh, It's been a lot of fun getting to do that. So that's a simple answer to why that I think best summarizes what we do and why we do it. Well, you call this work relocation. So tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm an attorney. I still practice law. And when I left a firm and kind of started my own thing with my current partner, I was trying to figure out how to be an entrepreneur and run my own business. And the truth of the matter is if, if any of you out there are entrepreneurs and run your own business, it's very hard to turn that off. Yet I still want to go on vacations. I still want to spend time with my family. So I started this analogy in my head and talking with Susanna of what if we could figure out how to just do work relocation rather than just vacate. And so we would go for a week to the beach and I would work some and it just evolved into what if we go for a month and I could work from the beaches of Florida or from the Grand Canyon or wherever it may be. And it's been a struggle and a process, but we've gotten there to where I can work remotely and vacation in the afternoons, evenings, and weekends. And so, yeah, that's why we call it work relocation rather than just vacation. Well, I'm going to bring Susanna in on this next question, because I think there's a lot of mothers out there who really want to know more about this, but uh, tell us about RV Life and what is Boone Doc? <laughs> RV Life, I think it's a lot of what our life at home would look like 
if we were in a sticks and bricks house versus in an RV. We still have our day-to-day while he's working. We're doing homeschool. The beauty of the life that we're living is when we get done with homeschool, we are out on an adventure, a new adventure, exploring wherever we are. Boondocking is not my favorite. We're trying to get used to that. So boondocking is when we are not hooked up to water or electric or sewer. So we don't have those amenities. I guess the kids will say, do we have all the water we want? We don't. We don't have all the water we want, nor do we have all the electricity we want. But the perks of boondocking are we get to be at, I guess, locations that you couldn't have if you're in a campground. So one of our favorites was on the rim of the Badlands in South Dakota. That is fascinating. So five children, the two of you in an RV off the grid for how long? That's that's an evolving deal for us. The longest we had done prior to our new rig was about two days. But now, and I'm, we could talk about our new rig uh, later, but now we're evolving into boondocking for longer periods of time, maybe a week, things like that. Hopefully we get to two weeks if we can get better at it. So, Well, that teaches your children all sorts of things about conservation right there. That's exactly right. Exactly right. And discipline and and teamwork and all kinds of things. (laughs) Well, now in a a video, you said, quote, sometimes God's providence, protection and provision is abundantly clear, end quote. Tell us about that and give us some examples. So over the past, we've been traveling for about four and a half years. And I can say that we've been all over the United States. We've not gone outside of the United States yet, but we have encountered so many obstacles and hurdles and challenges as we've done this, this is not a rainbows and butterflies type of a lifestyle. Uh, it's not without issues. It's not without struggles. Uh, as one of our full-time RVers once said, we just traded one set of issues for another set of issues. That's it. But a perfect example, and it may be where this quote came from for us, was in our old rig. We had a diesel excursion, a 2001 Ford excursion, that we could seatbelt the whole family. We pulled a 36-foot uh, travel trailer with that. And we were out in outside of Portland, Oregon, and we're on a long hike to this beautiful waterfall, just gorgeous waterfall. It was a five or six hour hike there and back. And it was just a great experience. We got back to realize that someone had tried to break into our excursion and we were two and a half hours from our camper. And if in, in the middle of nowhere, national forest, and if we had lost that excursion, we still may be stranded there <laughs> today. Wow. But the, here's the providence of, of God through that. We had been traveling about two and a half years in this same excursion. My father, who was also an MC grad uh, from law school, uh, my father had been telling me for two years to put these little devices on our door locks because these Ford trucks are easy to break into. And it's a, the device he uses is called a Jimmy Jammer. And they're not expensive. They're easy to put in. But I just thought, I'm not worried about it. And so my dad had my excursion at his place right before we left. And on a whim, last minute, he just threw them on there. We had never been attempted to be broken into. And six weeks later, I'm outside of, in this national forest on this hike, and someone tries to break into our excursion, leaving a family of seven stranded in a forest outside of Portland, Oregon. It could not have been a worse situation. So that's just one example of 
ultimately they didn't get in because of what your dad did. That's right. The Jimmy Jammers kept them from breaking into our truck, taking everything in it or the truck itself. I could tell you probably six or seven other examples of just timing and the providential hand of God protecting us as we've traveled. We've had some things go wrong. Tires not blowing out, mm -hmm. electrical stuff going wrong. And it was always on the brink of disaster, but never got there. So we've really been blessed. And that doesn't even include the ones we don't know about that God just took care of us through. The so, hand of God. That's exactly right. Okay, so you've touched on the truck, and there's a whole bunch of guys out there in particular. They have got to understand and know, how did you get this truck? For listeners who don't know, it's a Ford, and if you're familiar with Ford trucks, they have like something called a crew cab, which is the driver's section and the passenger, and then another very large roomy section, and this truck has a third section. So tell us about the truck. That's right. So in 2021, we traded in the Ford Excursion that I was mentioning for, we call this truck Dakota. We've named it. The name is Dakota. I'll tell you about Dakota. Dakota is a, the common name we use or others use is a six-door F350 Dually based on a 2015, 2016 year model. And it's a stretched F350 is what it is. We had a company out of South Dakota. Uh, build this for us. And they took two different trucks, cut them in half, took the back half of one, took the front half of another, added a whole row in between and duct taped it all back together. <laughs> and um, they, they're, they've actually were a, a joy and a pleasure to work with, but they took it down to the frame and from the frame up, we built the truck. And every help design custom to our family's needs, the interior, the features, the add-ons, so many different things we got to do on this truck for our purpose. You know, it's built for a big family to RV in. Uh, one of my favorite features to tell you is, you know, when we do these long travel days across the country, across the plains of Texas or New Mexico or South Dakota or wherever we are, it's very inconvenient to pull a 25 foot truck with a 45 foot camper into a fuel station. It's not easy. So we had them put 115 gallons of fuel capacity in this truck. So I can fill up and drive a really, really, really long way on one fill up. So things like that, they were able to do for us to build this truck to be what we needed. And it has been an absolute treasure and joy for our family to get to really enjoy what we're doing. Well, now, if, if somebody was listening to this and wanted to see a picture or video of this truck, what's the best place to go see that? Yeah, so a lot of information about us and what we're doing, we document our journey and what we're doing on both Facebook and Instagram. It's called Wandering Canvas, or the link there is Our Wandering Canvas on Facebook and Instagram. And we've posted a lot of stories on there. We've got links to the truck build. We've got a YouTube video about tour of the truck that we did with King Series. That's the company that built the truck for us. So you can get all the details about the truck, the build, why we did certain things uh, right there. Who named it Dakota? <laughs> we all kind of did. We were wrestling with um, our, our prior rig we had named. 
Uh, and we still don't have a name for our fifth wheel. Our prior rig was named Whimsy. And the story of how we bought that rig was really on a whim. This was not planned out for a long time. When we bought that, that rig, we, we named it Whimsy. And our, our excursion, we named Fred. So it was Fred and Whimsy. <laughs> and when we got the truck, we knew we needed to name it. It's got to have an identity in itself. So we named Dakota because it was built in South Dakota. And we also just love the name. It spawns adventure and rough and tough. And that's exactly what the truck is. Well, maybe it needs its own social media account. It does. We have thought about that. It just needs this man to do that <laughs> side of it. <laughs> well, I think you're a little busy with five children. It's a much harder job than I do. I can tell you. <laughs> I would like to know more about as you travel, you meet people. Those of us who might want to rent an RV and, and take a weekend trip, we don't know where to go, where to stay. I have a feeling y'all know the very best places in this country to stay and some places not to stay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that second part is very true as well. I could tell you a, a general gist of our favorite types of places. We've traveled all over. We haven't been to every state, but we've been to all but maybe nine or ten. And the places we have really, really loved, it's just the way we travel, is the hidden gem. You know, we, we love the kind of off the beaten path locations for us. You know, we do a lot of big cities, a lot of, you know, big attractions, the national parks that we absolutely love. You know, we've done Yosemite, Sequoia, Glacier. Uh, we were just up in Maine doing Acadia this past year. We've been to some amazing national parks and things like that. What we love and kind of seek out, and this is one of the reasons we named this Wandering Canvas, is the off-the-beaten paths that we just happen upon. I'll give you an example of there's a place down in Florida. They call it the Forgotten Coast because it's got amazing beaches. It's the white sand beaches of the Gulf Coast, you know, south of Destin and Panama City. And it's a small community called Port St. Joe, Florida. And it's just a small town with wonderful beaches, great people, and a community like that. So we have stumbled upon, I would say, more than anything, amazing places like that. And those are the places that we really long to go back to. We just went back to Port St. Joe for the second time this year. So just a, a broad stroke is those are our favorite types of places. We love, love the national parks. We love the big cities. But those are the real gems that we hold on to and tell stories about. I, for one, would like to say I'm hoping for a book, a wandering canvas book and a guide, because my wife and I are going to want to do some traveling. It's just the two of us. And I love the West, by the way. And mm -hmm. I would love to read that book if you decide to do such a thing. That is a frequent question we get um, constantly. I'm getting our families going here. Give us an itinerary. And um, I think you've already mapped out for two different families going out West. So he's got your itinerary ready for you when you go out West. <laughs> I love the West. I'm going fly fishing in July with 10 Mississippi College alumni. Really? In I love it. Billings, Montana and uh, Wyoming and Colorado. It's going to be a, about a six day trip. There are other people like you, I guess. Or are you the only wandering canvas there is in this country? We may be the only wandering canvas, but we are certainly not the only crazy family trying to live this lifestyle. At first, 
we kind of thought, well, and we are unique. We're different. There, there aren't a whole lot of people out there, but we thought we were not aware of how many families are out there doing this. Community. It's an amazing community of people. Just, um, in fact, right now we're, we're in Pensacola, Florida, camping with another family. They've got four kids and we've become friends with them, just RVing. And we've met up with them twice now. And we'll probably meet up with them more times throughout this next year. And I will tell you, when we started this adventure out, I knew we would love the adventures of locations, the outdoors. We're very outdoorsy. Uh, we would love those types of experiences. We knew we would love the family time. I even love when things break because I enjoy fixing things. And as an attorney who drafts contracts, I sit in front of a computer all day. It's therapeutic for me to get to go out and work on things with my hands. And I get that from my dad. And so I knew we would love those things. The one thing that I just didn't anticipate would be so amazing about this life is the people we've gotten to meet. As we've traveled all over this country, we have formed some amazing friendships with people we never would have met or even contemplated meeting. We've got a family we met RVing that lives, they're from Australia. We talk with them every week and they've become great friends of ours, family of four. Uh, there's another family from Germany that we met in Yosemite and we stay in touch with them. Uh, we've met, you know, generations all across the board from families younger than us to folks, our grandparents age that are traveling in an RV and, and that take our kids in and love on them when we're on the road. You know, they're grandparents for the week for us and our family. So we've met some amazing people and have really, really enjoyed that aspect of what this life has brought. I hope you're taking pictures of these folks and taking some notes. That would be an awesome collection for your children one day to look back on. We try to document a lot of it. And again, Susanna really is the one that is the documenter of all that we do. Uh, I try to help as best I can. Not only is she is an amazing mother, teacher, all of that, but she does a great job with all of our documentation of things and trying to share the life and the stories and the joy that it's brought to us and so many others. I think another question that comes to mind is, when are you going to load Dakota onto a ship and go somewhere out of the country? So I took a baby step to that last year, believe it or not. We took Dakota and our big fifth wheel. We're about 65 feet total in length. We're about the size of a semi on a ferry last year. And we crossed Lake Champlain from... From New York. We are in the Adirondacks in New York. And we were like Lake Placid area. And we are going across to Vermont. So that was my baby step of taking Dakota on a ship. But we would love to go overseas at some point if the Lord allows and, you know, different things are happening. We'd love to go to Alaska is on our bucket list to do, even though that's a U.S. state. But we have to go through Canada to get there. You know, things like that. I don't know. We don't know what the future may hold as far as more international travel. I've realized as we've traveled across the U.S., the more I see and get to do and experience, the more I realize there is so much more in this country. I could spend four lifetimes and never touch it all. It's just an amazing, beautiful country with so many amazing people and places. Well, that brings up another question. So you wake up this morning and how do you decide where are you going next? <laughs> I think that's how we got our name wandering. We have not been planners. We have known the big picture of where we're going. And um, we kind of go in that direction. 
And as we're going, we figure out the smaller places that we want to hit. But um, how do we figure out where we're going? I'll tell you, this past year has changed a lot of that. Before, really, the, the pandemic has pushed a lot of people into RVing. The RV world has exploded a ton over the past year, year and a half, which makes it even more challenging to get campsites sometimes, especially in the summer, the large vacation times. Uh, but prior to that, we would hook up pull out of a spot and drive in a direction. If it was head west, we would head west. And about an hour in, we would start looking, you know, where do we want to go? Maybe Dallas-Fort Worth sounds good. What's outside of there? Where could we adventure and see? And we would we would just wander. It was the beauty of it uh, for us. And that's our favorite way to travel. It can have some hurdles with it, but that's, um, that's also where we find and have, have had a lot of luck and success finding those hidden gems that, you know, I referenced earlier. But we do generally have a gist of the plan for the next six months to 12 months of where we want to go in the country. At Direction. Least. Yeah, directionally, what region we want to be in. And then we'll figure out where exactly we'll show up within a week or two. Do you usually have a good internet connection wherever you are? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll tell you, that's that's constantly a struggle and a battle for me. Trying to work remotely is, is I say often, as long as I have cell coverage and internet, I can do just about anything. But internet is always a challenge. We've built a lot of internet systems into the RV to where we can hopefully have better internet. But it's not uncommon for you know me to have to go spend five, six, seven hours you know off in some town at a coffee shop working from there for the day just to make sure I have good internet cell coverage. We try to plan for good internet, but it's just not always there. So tell us about your law practice. So this has been an evolving process for me as well, along with this lifestyle. When we realized what we wanted to do with this life and learning how to do work relocation, which was a struggle and a challenge, not, not just for me, but also for my team. You know, I've got three other attorneys in our firm and other staff, paralegals, legal assistants, and trying to figure out how to work together remotely. This is pre-COVID, but before everything shut down and everybody went remote for a little while. Um, you know, wrestling through that, trying to figure out how to make it work, how to communicate as a team, you know, policies, some culture creation. We really just struggled through it for about two years. And I started receiving a number of, of phone calls. Um, and, and, and I'll say this, it was a success and sometimes not a success. It was very much a struggle, but we were determined, Suzanne and I were determined to figure out how to make it work. Uh, we wanted this time with family. Uh, there wasn't a blueprint to how to work remotely as an attorney. There wasn't a book out there to read and figure out how to do this. We just struggled through it. And it was hard and there was some risk, a lot of risk involved with it. But as we started evolving into figuring out how to make it work, it was about that same time that I was getting phone calls, whether it's from other attorneys or just businessmen or entrepreneurs or whoever it was to call us and say, how are you doing this? How are you traveling with your family, working remotely, running a business, whatever we were trying to do, homeschool your children, a lot of questions around that. And, you know, I, my heart began to break for my friends who wanted to do something different. 
and try to figure out how to make it work and you know not have to go through all the pain and struggle and as much of a risk as we took trying to do this remotely for a couple of years. So the passion I have to pour into others, to serve others, to love on other people and inspire others to try to do the same thing started shifting in my mind. And I started dreaming about what to do with my law practice, um, not just serving my clients, but serving people in my firm as well. So we have been developing our firm to become a platform for other attorneys that may want to do life differently, not necessarily living in an RV, you know, traveling the world, but whatever they wanted to do in life or whatever God's put into their heart to do and still get to do work we really love to do. I loved practicing law. I'm a transactional attorney. I love my clients. I've got some amazing clients that I've got deep, deep relationships with and very integrated into their business. And I don't want to give that up. Um, so to have a platform for others that want to do something different. Um, so we, we started doing that with our law practice and we kind of set a mission statement to be a virtual based law firm that empowers entrepreneurially minded lawyers to live life on their terms. And that kind of became our internal mission statement. It doesn't work for everyone. I get that. But for those that wanted to do really good work with really great clients and, look at life a little bit differently. We want to give them that opportunity to do that. So that's a little bit of how I've been able to shift our life purpose, meaning mine and Susanna's and wandering canvas in with my law practice and building a business, not just me serving my clients, but also building a business that, you know, really shadows that same purpose and missional statement of serving people and inspiring people to do the same thing. You know, I've been really, really blessed with a ton of opportunity to get to meet clients and build relationships with clients. And the Lord has really blessed me with some amazing clients that I get to serve in the legal capacity as a, you know, a corporate transactional attorney, uh, doing a lot of real estate work, a lot of uh, contracts, leases, financing, things like that. And, you know, especially the way the world is today with technology and remote, it's become even easier to do this type of work remotely uh, where we're signing contracts by DocuSign or Adobe sign, whatever it may be, and, you know, making it work. So it's COVID was not a good thing at all, but from a remote work perspective, it was like fuel to the fire for, for the way we practice law. Uh, so it's made things actually a little bit easier with people getting accustomed to remote work and remote transactions uh, doing it that way. So that's how we practice. We do have sit-down meetings with clients on a regular basis. We've got two offices, one in Jackson, one on the Mississippi coast. And we have people that are in those offices. But we also have the option for people to work remotely, whether it's full-time or part-time. It's been a fun journey on, on that front to, to do some of that. The timing's perfect. It, it really was. It was not planned, but it just hit at the right time with what we were trying to do already. You've mentioned that you'd like to serve people that you encounter. You've said that yourself. Uh, you said that you'd like to inspire others to do the same. So how has living with a servant's heart influenced what you do? Servant's heart, like that is who this man is. And um, we always laugh. He'll go to take the trash out. We'll be at a campground. He'll go to take the trash out. And a two-minute 
takeout turns into two hours where did dad disappear to and lo and behold he's met some people and um can pour into them talk to them half the time they're pouring into us and i don't know i just feel like as we travel everywhere opportunities are in front of us to get to know these different people and families and one of the things that kind of came about of serve the people we encounter and inspire others to do the same was when we first started this it was really just adventure that was that was the key element let's it was family time on cool hikes lakes fishing exploring whatever it was that was the key element what Susanna and I realized is in all of life you know God's given us a purpose and it's yes to explore his creation and go on great adventures and pour into our children is definitely an element of that but you know God gives us a purpose to serve people and to love people and what we again didn't realize going into this was all the people we would get to meet and all of the organizations we would get to see and and experience and things like that and we started wrestling with when we were really making this a permanent lifestyle What's the bigger purpose? What can we do and who can we be to further the kingdom, to further who God's called us to be? And that's when we started wrestling with what's this family mission? We knew the adventure part, but we've had the opportunity to serve so many people and to be served too. That's always a hard thing to receive so often. But, you know, a lot of the RV community, sometimes just random people we get to meet and I carry a ton of tools in my rig. So if I can pull over and help somebody, we do it. Uh, but other things like nonprofit organizations we've gotten to see and meet. Uh, an example of that is we were in Nashville. We had been out West. Our oldest had gotten into skateboarding. I, I grew up in Mississippi. I don't skateboard. You know, we didn't have places to skateboard in Raymond. But Solomon, our oldest, had really gotten into skateboarding. So as we travel, we try to find skate parks that have you know the public parks with different things and so we were just googling and in nashville there was an indoor skate park it was in the middle of the winter so we weren't going to an outdoor park we found it and took the whole family one day i was working in a little coffee shop part of it and the kids were doing this skateboard park and it was really a cool experience and vibe come to find out it's a nonprofit faith-based ministry that was started by michael w smith 25 or 30 years ago and they reach all kinds of youth and like children mission. all right there in the city of nashville and they have church there they do pizza certain days and we got to see an experience of the the director of it came out he and i talked for an hour and a half about what they were doing how can we help because we were in nashville for a month so we went back a couple of times and got to see and experience and help and encourage and so many different things. So what helped us evolve this purpose is trying to always have eyes and hearts to see how can we serve? Who can we pour into? What do I have that I can share with someone else? And also to inspire others to do the same thing. Um, you know, we love sharing our journey. Uh, the adventure is a lot of fun. We, we know we get the attention and the, and the eyes just from the craziness we're doing, uh, the truck, things like that. But what we love to do is to share that and use that as a way to, to inspire others to serve the people you get to encounter. 
it doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, starting a nonprofit. It can be day-to-day life of just have the eyes and the heart to see opportunities to serve people. Big thing too is to inspire others to do the same. Like, what does that look like? It's not to inspire every family to want to come and live in an RV and travel the U.S. and work virtually. So our big thing is to inspire others to reclaim their canvas. And what is your canvas that's in front of you? And what is your purpose? And how could you reconstruct it to be something that gives you life and something you want to do? So you graduated from here in 2003. Um, George Bush was president. And Apple had just launched iTunes and had sold a, a million songs in the first week. A lot has happened in 19 years, if, I'm, if my math is correct. Tell us a little bit about what you remember was happening at MC and uh, how you came to enroll at Mississippi? Well, I'll tell you, having grown up, uh, uh, so I'll start with what pushed me to enroll at Mississippi College. Straight out of the gate, I can tell you it was the last place I wanted to go because I grew up in Clinton and I'm not, I'm obviously not a homebody. I love to travel and see the world and things like that. That was until I went and visited MC. And I got to see MC, not as a Clinton kid, but what MC was and could be for me as an MC student. And I realized very quickly, my family lived in Raymond, which was just 20 minutes down the road. I could be as close or as far away from home as I wanted to be. MC was a phenomenal place for me to grow, explore, to mature, to understand who I am, to understand who God's called me to be. Uh, you know, I knew he called me to do and be certain things, but outside of my home, I didn't know what that would look like. And for me, MC was a phenomenal place to have opportunities there. You know, the people, the leadership. I do remember, by the way, having that conversation with you. I think you did share that with me then um, when I was there, you know, 20 years ago. You know, it was a world of opportunity for me, but also a safe place to get to explore who I am and who God's called me to be around friends and community and people that would affirm that, that would help me explore that myself. You know, I remember well so many conversations I got to have with the administration there, with professors there that really challenged me not to tell me who I was, but to challenge me to explore and find out who God's really made me to be and what the next you know, journey in life is going to look like for me. I had no idea it would be this uh, for me 20 years later. MC was a perfect spot for me to land to do that. Um, Leadership was a big thing for me. I love getting to lead and serve and be a part of student government and different organizations. Um, You know, I was part of Civitan at MC, a lot of fond, fun memories of of the guys there. Um, That group there, I can tell you, really helped me understand what it means to um, have men in my life walk in the same life that I can really do life with. The experiences and things I learned during that season are still playing out today in my life with some of the same men, but also just the skill set of learning how to do that uh, was phenomenal. So I could not think of a better place for me to have gone to school and to have experienced those college years, the education, The education was phenomenal, but it's not just the education. Um, It's growing into a man, 
right there. And it was a phenomenal opportunity for me to do that with some amazing people. That's a tremendous testimony. And David, I want you to know that I've spent the last three years traveling all over Mississippi and all over the country from coast to coast. I've had conversations with MC graduates and it doesn't matter whether you're 22 years old or 92 years old. The theme seems to be similar in that God brings together people here to encourage each other and to help each other figure out who they are. And what Mississippi College wants to do most is to turn out individuals who are going to make a difference for the kingdom. And you have certainly done that. Uh, Susanna, I noticed you went to Tennessee Westland, a Christian college as well, and you did not meet David here at Mississippi College. And I'm sure that there's friends and MC alumni who'd love to know the story of how the two of you came to meet each other and get married. So I did. I um, went off to Tennessee for four years and I came back to Mississippi with intentions of figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. I had a semester of figuring that out per se. And that semester put me in managing a drive through coffee shop called Seattle Drip. And the management turned into an opportunity to potentially buy the coffee shop. And I was in that coffee shop when this young man drove through. He was in MC Law at the time. And he was headed to a church and drove through. And we met in the coffee shop. That's the way we met. Uh, <laughs> I was that guy who drove through a coffee shop and said, I'd like to take that barista to, to dinner tonight. No, it's, it, is, it is how we met. You know, I was in my third year of law school, was not looking at dating at all. I was focused on, on law and church activities. We happened to both be going to the same church at the time, did not know each other through that. And um, met her there. I was mentoring some young men at the time. They were in high school. She was mentoring a lot of her employees who were good friends of these young men I was mentoring. So we were both kind of mentoring young kids that happened to all be friends. And I can probably credit those kids a lot with saying, we like him, we like her, they should like each other type thing. They may have invited us to movies and we were the only two chaperones chaperones there things like that that we really became friends first which i think is a testament to any really good marriage is being really good friends um and so that is kind of how it started for Susanna and i is we became friends uh we were able to share some of our story with one another uh which sparked a lot of interest understanding and seeing who god has made the other to be and slowly evolved into courtship, marriage, and the rest is history. And now five children. And now five children. That's right. That is awesome. Well, one more question, and then I want to bring the children into this conversation. Which one of you thinks you're the more, more adventurous? <laughs> <laughs> Who would you say? Kind of both? I think there's two different sides to adventure. He always mentions in our meeting was he was like the stick in the mud and I was I'm the more fun one like spontaneous let's go do this let's oh, we don't have time to study for you know law school exams let's go play but he's a dreamer mm. so 
where I'm always, Hey, let's go, 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 go. He's the dreamer that got us into this predicament in the first place. So I don't know. I would say we're both very adventurous and to Susanna's point in different ways. You know, when we started all of this, it was, it was just a dream of mine to think, what if we could work remotely and travel all over the world in a tiny house and, you know, just go adventure and explore and see and do and so many different things. And, you know, that was the dream I had. And I, I think I spoke about it enough times. She eventually called my hand and said, stop talking and start doing. <laughs> so two weeks later, I had a camper from Alabama, I had a diesel excursion from Ohio. We furnished it and we took off from up through Florida. That was trip number one. <laughs> and so, you know, I am the dreamer. I'm the visionary. I'm the, what could it be? But I also like tend to plan things out a little bit to make those things happen. She's definitely more spontaneous and pulls me out to be more spontaneous. You I know? think it's safe to say this life would not work if we weren't both adventurous in some fashion. Agreed. <laughs> but you still compliment each other, which is just so sweet. That's great. It's been a great match. Well, do we have a minute to bring the kids in on this? Absolutely. Let's see. On David's right, on Susanna's right, that's Solomon. Who's next? This is Sumner. Sumner. Yep. We've got Finley. Finley. And then on the end, we've got Chapel. And one is missing. That's right. Baby Jude. Jude is three years old, and he was up late, so he's sleeping in this morning. <laughs> Which might be good for all of us. Yeah. So you're spending a lot of your time as a family. The children are out on the road. They're doing their studies, their work. Uh, Susanna, I would take it you're their teacher. What does the future look like for the children when and if they come off the road and when they get ready to go to college? What does the future look like there? We are asking the same question to a degree. And I guess a short answer is we are not sure. We don't know. But we want to give them a world of opportunity and to see that there is a world of opportunity out there. Not that just living in Mississippi is bad. It's an amazing place and so many different things. But as they've gotten to travel and see country and hopefully the world, you know, we love the idea of each of them knowing who they are a lot through this process and getting to see that the world is an opportunity. It's your playground. And it's your opportunity to serve people and to serve, you know, the Lord, wherever it may be, whether that's in different places in the U.S. or all over the world. I think it's opened up, this lifestyle has opened up their eyes and our eyes. So this world is far bigger than us. This world does not revolve around us. And as we travel and wander, I think it helps the kids and us lose the grip on the stationary life of just I guess finding your confidence and where you are, but help it open in their eyes to enjoying where they are and seeing what's around them. I would say to follow up on that, we also realize that's coming up soon. You yes. Know, we're going to have to make some of these choices soon. So. Solomon is 13. Solomon, ease up here right quick. I want to ask you a question. Yes, sir. So I have Solomon with me here. He is the oldest of five children with the Wandering Canvas crew. Solomon, do you think you might do something like this with your family one day? <laughs> I don't know. I certainly enjoy doing this. I don't know if I'll want to do it as much as we're gone nine months out of the year, just because 
I kind of want to be somewhere a little bit longer than we always are. Like we're back in Mississippi for like a month or two at a time, but potentially something like this. Uh, where is the best place to skateboard in the U.S. according to oh. you? Oh, I don't know. I haven't done it in a little while. Told them the yeah. story about Nashville. Yep. That place was really fun, that indoor skate park. Yeah. It was just like a really big area with Freddie Cole when we went there. Well, Sumner, can you ease up right quick and talk to me for a second? So, Sumner, do you get to watch TV shows? Um, sometimes. Sometimes. How do you watch TV? Uh, on my phone. I just lay on the couch. <laughs> on your phone. He's got a little iPod touch he'll watch them on. So do you think that's kind of fun and cool? Mm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, What's some of your you. favorite things to do? Uh, fish and work. Elaborate on work. What do you mean you like to work? Help dad work on the camera. So you hold the tools for him and you're his helper? Pretty much. That's great. For Sam. sure. Well, does anybody have anything else they want to say about doing what you do? Well, if you ask this question, we really don't know. If you ask what's, which state we've been to and we love the most, I can't pick. Our most common question is for the kids is, where's your favorite place you've ever been? And Acadia. they have a hard time answering that. Acadia. It tends to change depending on where we've been most recently. I like to make, um, I've learned about a lot of plants because yeah. we've been on this trip. Acadia, we learned about starfish. Yeah, and we went to on um, this like little nature hike, and we made tea out of the stuff that we found. Oh yeah. So I thought that was cool. That is cool. Any other life skills or just experiences? How to make the perfect marshmallow. <laughs> That's According to you. So he's he's taught you how to make the perfect marshmallow, huh? And he taught us how to take off the shell when it's burnt. <laughs> that was that's perfect let me ask this are y'all learning how to cook yes bake. i am he cooks i bake yeah there's a lot of teamwork in this camper that's one thing that this family has grown from is we're all here we all pitch in they really do it to brag on them they do a great job of you know we'll rotate different chores whether dishes. it's cleaning cooking dishes whatever it may be and they they definitely pitch in a lot to help taking care of each other teaching each other who takes out the trash me and i have but like when we have to pack up the camper to move somewhere that's me and dad we gotta hook up the truck and do everything put everything inside sometimes i help from the moment you wake up in the morning what's the day look like i start my school because it takes me the longest to, to do school just because it's middle school all that then once i'm done i'll go outside like yesterday, we played wiffle ball when we were all done with school or taking a break. We'll go hiking wherever mom has picked out for us to go. Wait, I wake up, do school right away, and then the rest of the day, I can, I can do pretty much whatever I want. So pretty much, he usually finishes first, well, last, because he likes to get done more quick than us. Like, yeah. say he gets done for the week, I see. Yeah. He's trying to get done for the week so he can have some days off of Part of this life is they are learning to be in control of their own schedule. So I think they know what school is required of them, and they're able to let their days look like what they want it to look like. 
often have days on or days off. Well, all of you probably at your age right now, you don't have a lot of years to look back on, but I'm curious, can you tell that you are being given a special opportunity that not many other children your age get? Yes, yes we very much do. <laughs> About 80 to 90% of the people we talk to that we meet while we're at these national parks or wherever we go, they're just like, oh, I want to do that. You're so lucky. And I think until I was about like 11, I was like, yeah, so lucky. I, I, <laughs> I don't get to, I don't get to have any friends or go to school, but now I'm just like, yeah, I get to, I get to go do a lot of cool things. Well, I can tell you this, there are a lot of fans of your family and a lot of people who wish they could do this and say they want to do this. But I guess you realize there aren't many mothers and fathers who can actually pull it off like your parents. If I were uh, 30 years younger than I am right now, and I decided that as we started having children, we were going to get up and decide where we were going to wander today, we would be in serious trouble when something breaks down, because I can't fix it. And my job can't be done remotely. And I have only been to about 10 or 15 states in my life. You've been to all of them, but about nine. And so I wanted to just encourage y'all that you do give up a lot. And there's some downsides to being on the road. But I want to encourage you that very few people can do what you do. And there is no telling what the opportunities are going to be for you one day when you finally decide, here's where I'm going to go to college. And then one day you find that person you fall in love with and you create your own life. You've got a lot of experiences to draw on that most of us never have. Very true. Listen, we have taken a long time and I am just beyond grateful for this. Uh, Solomon, thank you for your time. You are an impressive young man, and I hope that when it's time to go to college, I hope that you will be open to going to Mississippi College as one of your choices. All of you, of course. And Sumner, you seem like to me, you are the pistol of the family. You are just ready <laughs> to jump off on any adventure. Finley, you're very sweet, and, and I appreciate your, your sharing with us. And Chapel, you're shy, and you've got lots of skills. So uh, we, we can't wait to see what happens with you. So thank you, children, for joining us for a few minutes of this podcast. And I'm going to finish up with one final question for your dad. Thank you. Wow, David. Oh, my gosh. They're pretty I'm awesome. Gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. I know we're biased, but we think they're really awesome. Uh, I'm almost too emotional to finish this last one. <laughs> Golly, beautiful family. Thank you. What is the best thing you can say about what you're doing? And what is the worst thing? The best thing would be the closeness of our family. I know that has its pros and cons. Everybody's, we get often a lot like, how are y'all together all the time in that camper? And the big picture of that is we are together all the time, but we're not in the camper. Um, so the memories we're making with these kids. And I mean, this goes back to your first question. Why do we do this? And I think one of the reasons we started to do this was our oldest was nine at the time. 
he's now 13. And um, we saw that half of our time with him was already over before he moves out of the house. And so we wanted to capitalize on that time with our kids. And hopefully it's positive and they're enjoying it. And we'll remember these adventures. I would echo that. That's aspect of this life is getting to spend the time with my family. It's just years and days and hours I'll never get back. And to be able to do this, you know, my lunch break is sitting down with my son doing school and, you know, getting to sit down with Susanna and have a cup of coffee in the middle of the day. And You know, if I'm home in an office, I don't get to do those types of things. And that's by far above all the adventures we've been on. That's the greatest aspect of this for me. I would say the hardest or the most challenging aspect of all of this is the fact that something is always broken. This is for me. It's not if, it's when. These rigs, these RVs, whether you're in a $5,000 rig or a $5 million rig, I don't care what you're in, they are going to break. And you can hire out to fix them, and it costs a lot of money to bring people in all the time to work on things. Um, Or you can learn to fix them yourself. Now, that's a double-edged sword. I told you earlier, I enjoy fixing things, but it's also a big frustration and one of the biggest challenges of this lifestyle is something is always, always broken. We can only imagine. Well, now, where is home? And when do you think you might go home, so to speak? Home is where you park it. <laughs> that, that's true. Um, so Suzanne and I are both originally from the Jackson area. I grew up in Clinton and Raymond and she grew up in Jackson. So that's where family is. You know, that's where a lot of our great friends are still there. And I would still call that home. Probably, you know, we've, we go back there a couple times a year just to see family, friends, those types of things. Uh, the answer to when we will be home permanently, or if that will even be home in the end is yet to be determined. Uh, we don't really know the answer to that yet. The story is still being written. I am just beyond grateful for this. I've spent most of my career here at Mississippi College. And the thing that I have often told students, and I don't know, David, whether I had a chance to even have this conversation with you, but I try to tell every student I meet that we are not interested in just providing an education. We want you to figure out who you are and go serve others and further the kingdom. And this is precisely what the two of you have just talked about. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the Mississippi College Stories podcast, available on iTunes and Spotify. You can connect with me on LinkedIn by going to linkedin.com backslash in backslash Jim Turcott MC. 